Hey, it's Aidan here. Just before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know about something new. It's called the Magician's Business Group. We've just opened up a Facebook group designed to help you guys as entertainers grow and improve your entertainment business. So if that is you, if you are an entertainer that wants help growing and improving your entertainment business, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you right there. Or if you're like me, have the Facebook app on your phone, open it up and search for the Magician's Business Group and you'll go straight there. Anyways, back to the episode. Hello and welcome to the TSM podcast. My name is Aidan O'Sullivan and I'm joined by the incredible Ashley Green. As Good at everything. Per. I mean, <laughs> wow, that's the way we're starting this episode. Oi, I am. I'm not going to lie. I'm just good at everything. Um, <laughs> anyway, this is going to be a really, really interesting podcast today. Um, not a lot of you will know that Aidan runs another company outside of TSM, outside of Magic, and he helps. Um, well, I'll let him go over who he helps because he knows his business better than I do. Um, but he helps other businesses and he runs a podcast called The Stop Existing uh, podcast or the Stop Existing show. I don't even know the name of it, Aiden. Um, there's so much interest I care about your other business. <laughs> I'm just throwing the hate and we're 30 seconds in. Um, but Aiden got me on that to talk about kind of um, pricing and we thought it was a really, really valuable episode to actually air on the TSM podcast, considering as though we're both magicians this is a business podcast on tsm and the insights in that episode we just thought would be really handy for you guys to actually get the behind the scenes on so yeah get ready brace for that um aiden you might want to actually fill them in what your podcast is about because i've not really covered that <laughs> well we'll cover it in the episode let's let's get started the way that we're tackling the entertainment industry is very different to most when it comes, especially when it comes to pricing, right? We're most entertainers. I'm sure Ashley will fill us in on this in just a moment, but a lot of entertainers tend to charge low for their services. The same way that you coaches do out there. You're charging incredibly low for your services when actually you're leaving so much opportunity on the table. But before we get into that conversation, Ashley, welcome to the show. Could you tell us a little bit about you, who you are, what you do, all that traditional fluff? Yeah, so as well as running a business with you, which is cool, called The Successful Mentalist, um, my main kind of job is an entertainer. I'm a mind reader. I'm a hypnotist. I'm a corporate and wedding entertainer. I specialize in entertainment at events. Essentially, if you want to know what I do, I'm that weird little person that will go around when you're at a wedding or any sort of corporate function keep you entertained and maybe put on like an after dinner show nice and upbeat nice and fun although my show is probably not upbeat it's a little bit weird um but <laughs> to give you an idea it's nice and fun uh, it gets everyone engaged and i literally just put on entertainment at events i don't really know what more to say about that but um yeah you are right aiden i did make a very very sudden change i would say back in 2020 which i'm sure you're kind of pick me on um before that i used to be the same as every other magician out there every other hypnotist and i used to price the same as the rest of the industry because i thought i couldn't charge higher because at the end of the day if i charge double the price of someone else why don't they just book the guy from down the road who can do exactly the same for less money and um yeah, I, I made that shift around about 2020 and I decided to significantly up my fees. So I'm now the most expensive magician in my area by an awful lot. And uh, it's been the best decision I've ever made. It's, best a really decision I've made. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a really interesting choice that um, at the time, again, we didn't really know what the world was about to do as the fees were increasing, uh, obviously given the, the state of the pandemic and everything, which luckily you moved into to virtual, whereas a lot of people didn't and a lot of people just couldn't quite hack it. Um, so you're quite lucky in that respect. Uh, but I, w- I want to plant some numbers on this, if this is cool with you. Like a lot of the industry is is charging not just a little bit lower. Actually, you mentioned double there, the difficulty in doubling. Ashley's currently charging like five to six times more than the average magician in his area. This is like a significant margin. Imagine if you was to, to take whatever you're- ten times more. Or ten times more. Like imagine if you could 10x your, your coaching fee if you're charging by hour or you've got a, a coaching program or your package or whatever the case may be. Imagine charging 10 times that for effectively nothing more than you're already delivering. Like that's essentially what we've got uh, going on here. And- I mean, I'm going to ask a direct question here of what was the first thing that you noticed when you started charging two, five, ten times more than other entertainers? So as I started to get higher fees and then up it again and up it again, a really, really interesting thing happened. The I was actually valued more in terms of from the client's perspective. Um, and again, this is all in entertainment before when I was charging the average fee, the same as other magicians, was just treated, yep, that's fine, whatever, turn up, do the gig. And as soon as I upped my fee, suddenly people started treating me really nice. Like, oh my gosh, do you need a dressing room? Oh my gosh, how can we help you? When I'd arrive at events, people would greet me so much better. They'd be like, do you need any refreshments? Can I get you any food? And already they were just kind of like respected me so much more as an artist and as a person overall and then as i up my fee again i had an event last week which i'm charging three grand for which is um quite high considering what other magicians would charge for that um they were saying like do you need any food when you're in your dressing room if you send over your rider we'll make sure to get all your tech and before i wouldn't have had any of that and i think it's like it doesn't make any sense to me. It, it really doesn't make any sense to me because technically people should treat you nicer if you're doing them a favor for free as opposed to saying, right, this is going to be five or ten grand now. That's how it should work logically. You've done someone a favor, you've done an event for free or you've done it for a cheap price. Technically, they should treat you well, but it doesn't happen like that. It's weird. Logically, it should, but it doesn't. People treat you really really nice and respect the hell out of you when you charge a lot and i think it's because they go wow this person must be important this person must know their stuff and they feel this need to just look after you maybe that's the reason why but yeah like literally as soon as i up my fee everything became easier my clients respected me so much more my clients looked after me more when i was actually doing the work and doing the entertainment the jobs became so much easier and also my clients were a lot more understanding of me as well like rather than getting pestered and rather than having clients on my back all of the time if i was ever delayed maybe sending out an invoice or maybe uh, i forgot to send something over they'd be like oh no worries we know you're you're probably busy off doing an event blah 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 whenever you're free if you could just get round to sending this and like even down to that when i've made mistakes they were just so much more understanding which is again another really weird thing but yeah uh, i'm not really too sure why that's the case but up in my fee as well as uh, you know having more money and doing less work 
boy oh boy it just made everything easier behind the scenes and actually dealing with people and just actually being treated nicer yeah i mean it's one of those crazy things that people pay attention to what they pay for and and when there's a significant amount of cash going out of their pocket never mind where they're going to pay attention to where that cash goes and when they're putting in uh, like a hefty amount for for a for effectively just some an evening of entertainment like people are going to pay attention to that entertainment and the same the same happens we know in our coaching business that we get the same when people are trying to to work to our low ticket offers they're they're getting our low price programs or whatever the case may be people tend to be a little bit of a there's that bit of resistance there they, that's where the nightmare clients concept comes in they people really try and push and milk you for as much as possible when you're lower but it's that immediate authority position of yes i'm incredibly expensive but i get the results i do the job i'm i'm i am what you pay for and i will deliver tenfold yeah i know in the coaching world especially um like if you say pay 30 100 or 250 pound for a course that's easy money that most people out there can afford so you've not bought into it emotionally therefore you do the course and you just kind of think i'll do that one heck i've got a flipping course that i think i paid about 400 pound on. i'm gonna out myself here as a nightmare client <laughs> i've got a course that i paid about 400 pound on um and i think it was um it was on youtube actually i think you know the one aiden um and uh I watched a few videos from it and that's kind of where it went. I've not leaned into any of the work. I've not watched the rest of the videos because I wasn't as committed to do it. I just thought, yeah, I've got this now. I'll take it when I want. I'll do the work when I want. And I'm not following the program. I had that course about two years ago and I've still not done anything. And it's still on the back burner. I'll get around to it at some point, but I'm not like emotionally drawn into it. Whereas if I pay like five grand for that course, it's a massive investment. And suddenly I'm like, I need to put in the work now. I need to do this. I need to make that worthwhile. I need to make my investment worthwhile and I need to actually apply the knowledge and I need to actually do it. It's like it's almost held me accountable and now I'm like, I'm more determined to actually do it and sink my teeth into it. Like when you charge low, the amount of people, like you're not qualifying your customers, I don't think, and you just get a lot of nonsense, a lot of, um, I was going to say a rude word, but I, I don't know how PG you uh, you keep this podcast, so I'm going to keep my language fine for this one, unlike on our podcast. Um, a lot of, um, yeah, not not your ideal customers coming through, because every Tom, Dick and Harry can afford it. Whereas if you charge high, the people who come into your world are those ones that are driven, and then they're going to be committed. They're going to do the work, and it's going to make your job so much more easier as a coach. And you won't have nightmare clients like me buying a bloody course <laughs> and just loitering in the background and not actually doing anything. Well, it comes down to that element of, um, I've posted about this before on Instagram, uh, this whole concept of, of charging low is actually a selfish thing. Cause it's, it, it, when, and it's weird. When you charge low, it's all about you and every element of your sales process. I know you've got a heavy background in sales, so I we'll want to touch on that, but every element of your sales process when you're charging low comes from this element of desperation. I need the gig. I need that client to say yes to me right now. And and that's kind of falls into sort of bad sales habits. Has the significant increase in price affected not just the volume of sales that you, the, of gigs that you're booking, but also the way you tackle those sales? Has, has the sales process changed at all since raising your fees? Oh, good question. Um, I mean, one of the, yeah, I mean, in terms of like the volume of actually like stuff I'm getting in, um, 
it has changed, but not for the reason that most people would think it was changed. I, I took a very big stance in my career um, and I decided that I didn't want to be owned by my business and I wanted to actually free up a load of time to pursue my other passions like running the business alongside with you, like spending time working on a property business, like having more time just for myself overall. And as a byproduct, the easiest way to free up my time is to not do as many shows, is to not work with a million and one clients, just work with a few, but for a much higher fee. So I still get the same money. So yes, I'm doing less work, but it's not because, and I want to make this very clear, it's not because I'm charging higher and it's put people off. It's because I've taken the stance personally to only say, hey, I'm going to have about two clients a month. I'm going to do two shows a month. That's a personal decision. I upped my fees so that I could still have the money I want. I just needed to do less work. And uh, and that would free up time for other things. I'm very confident I could go out there and I could do the same amount of work I, I was doing before or even double that even for that high fee because it's very very easy to to sell it at that if you know how to sell it right and you know how to get the value across to your client you know how to describe those transformations for them it's really easy for that but it was the fact that i made a personal decision because i didn't want to be owned by my business i wanted the freedom to live the life i want and to do that well i needed to not spend so much time working with a million and one clients i just wanted ah, two will do that'll be fine has it become harder to sell um i think the answer is yes and no it would be harder to sell if i didn't know how to sell it properly if i was coming along and saying uh cool i'm going to do some magic tricks at your birthday party um i'm going to be there um just to entertain you guys uh, that's going to be two grand if I pitched it like this, you'd be like, what's the difference between um, Dave, who also does exactly the same thing for 200 quid? That's not how I'm pitching it. If I was pitching it like that, it would be flipping difficult. And I'm pretty sure I wouldn't even hit two clients. I would get sweet zero. I would get nothing coming in. But because I know how to pitch it in the right way, because I know how to talk to my clients, because I know how to deliver it, and I'm very confident with my sales process, and it's it's not hard selling, it's very flipping easy, Um it's actually become easier. If anything, when people come onto the call, I stand out. And, and this was another reason why I upped my fee. I was already um, around about 2020. I was kind of like top heavy anyway in like the average, if you want to look at the average fee in my market. And I was thinking, I'm kind of top heavy anyway. And people at that time were saying, oh, comparing me to other magicians, oh, I could just go for someone else, I could just go for someone else, and I made that change that I wanted to do less work and I'd have to up my fee. And as a byproduct of upping my fee, when people inquire, they see me charging a thousand, two thousand, maybe ten grand for an event, and then they've got the other magician's quote for 250, and then another magician's quote for 450, and they're like, they can't help but think, but what's the difference between them and Ashley? Because there's two very different prices here and they're both magicians. And now they start thinking, what is the difference? They're thinking about me. Wow, Ashley must do so much more. Naturally, there'd be some people that can't afford that. But they're, they're, rather than going, oh, well, we, we've looked at the numbers and I think we can save 100 quid here if we go for this magician. They're suddenly thinking, there's a big old difference here. Why is that? And they're no longer going, this is expensive. They're going, what is Ashley actually delivering? 
he must be good. And the price almost social proofs me. <laughs> they almost buy into that and they go, he must be flipping good if he can charge that. In fact, I have had uh, stories of um, a bar where I work at and, um, and there was a couple that came in and they saw the barman and they went, we're getting married and we've booked Ashley Green for our wedding. And the barman immediately went, blimmin' heck, you must have a bit of cash, must you need to get him at the wedding? And they went, what, what, what do you mean? And he went, well, you could probably book about 10 or 15 magicians for the same price that Ashley's, <laughs> Ashley's quite with you. And they went, yeah, yeah, but, but he's really good at what he does and we want to get him in. Those people have never seen me perform. They've never seen me do a show. They only believe I'm good, I would argue, because of my price and because of how I've dealt with them. They've never seen me perform, but they must have built it up in my mind. Well, if he can charge this many thousands of pounds, he must be good. And then they start to believe that themselves. Any matter that makes sense? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. It's really interesting how the the increase in pro- this drastic increase in price is actually, it, it's... It's not just flipped the whole concept of, of pricing and clients talking about fees and stuff. Because for a lot of coaches, uh, a lot of people tend to struggle when it comes to pitching because it's so it's so expensive. And I think that's the big reason that most coaches shy away from going truly high ticket and having like offers worth a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, five thousand pounds, dollars plus. But the, the the thing is, the funny thing, I'm I'm coming here. As a stupid magician that reads minds and does card tricks, and you're saying, a oh, coaches struggle to charge a thousand, two thousand, three thousand. Hang on, coaches change lives. I'm prattling around doing card tricks, changing that, mo- charging that money. Who's more valuable? It ain't me. It's you as a coach. <laughs> I mean, so if it, I can charge it prattling around, you can charge way more. <laughs> I'm I mean, just gonna throw that you, out. You're not wrong. Point. You are not wrong. It's it's a really interesting concept. Uh, and this is why, like people, uh, coaches in particular, in any form of service, we can get away with charging so much more because we bring that value to to the table. And what I particularly love that you mentioned there is how the increase in pricing has actually changed the game of overcoming the pricing objection to it's curiosity, it's intrigue, it's actually the the hefty price tag now to to, to many clients is actually a good thing it's a sign of a of a good coach it's a sign of a good entertainer it's a sign of somebody who can do and deliver that's tough to do when you've got like a 37 quid ebook or a quick little video course it's really hard to sell that same level of transformation there was actually a a time before i upped my fee um it was 2020 itself and it came in and this was pre pre upping my fee in 2020 uh pre actually crazy pandemic um and this lady, um, she seemed quite well off. And she said, we're looking for a garden party. We're looking for a magician to do some entertainment. And I quoted my old fee. I ran through everything I've done. Um, and then another magician quoted. And he was like, maybe double, double what I charged. And she opted to go with him under the basis of, well, this magician's better and we wanted the better option. And I'm thinking... I know the magician, and I, I don't want to sound egotistical here, um, <laughs> because we're in a industry which is very egotistical. Um, I knew I was the better option. It was very clear, even if you look online, I'm the better entertainer out of us two. But she believed the other person was better because 
they charged higher. And because she had the cash, because she was putting on a party, because she wanted to impress her friends, she wanted to book the best possible option for her party. So I lost that work, not because I wasn't any good, not because my sales was rubbish, not because I couldn't close a deal, but because of my price. I didn't get that book in because I was too cheap. And that was a reason why I lost out on a very nice gig that I could have had. That's amazing, and it's. I, I'd love to. I'd love to dive in and talk a little bit about actually handling sales conversations at this premium price. But before we get to that point, I want to know about the actual lead gen structure. How we we go about generating leads because this is something that we've spoken quite a lot about. And this whole concept of if you are charged, if you're priced. Yeah, I mean, you, we know that, especially from that story, your price will either make or break the the deal. It, regardless of how well your sales process is, if your price doesn't match what the client actually is thinking in their head, it's game over before the game has started. And one of the big things that, or there's two ways that I see a lot of, I want to say coaches, but it's across the board for all of marketing. It's where the marketing is so good and the product is too cheap or the deliverable is just way too cheap. That's a big red flag nobody's going to buy the client or walk away. And then the same is for the other way around. Like the marketing is all right. It's not great. It doesn't put you in the best light, but when they're doing quite, and then they hear like you're bloody expensive, it absolutely run like it's an instant no. So how have you gone about actually avoiding those and finding that sort of middle ground? How have you gone to actually almost qualify the leads that you're getting to the point that your sales conversations aren't just Jesus Christ, just way too expensive. I can't afford that every single time. Sometimes they are. <laughs> oh, it happens. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't convert. I'd, I'd be an idiot and a liar if I came on here and said, yeah, I can convert every every inquiry for five grand. Like, you can't. Um, my marketing is shoddy and awful. Like, my website is naff as hell. I look at it and cry every day. Um everything out there marketing wise is naff uh, if you search ashley green mind reader you'll be able to look yourself and be like wow this guy looks naff <laughs> but the point is i don't rely on that to generate leads uh, i've taken ownership over my business my leads aren't coming through a nice little to ads with retargeting ads to get people onto a webinar or get people interested in a free ebook about entertainment and then bring them into my world and then retarget them and say hey come and book me um i'm not relying on my website being seo optimized with blogs i'm showing up the first on google and i'm tracking all my google analytics to see what's working and people are naturally flowing through that i don't care about all of that and the reason why is all that is going to do is generate you cold leads, which fantastic. If you can, if you can generate, if you can convert them, you do you, whatever. Um, but it's a lot harder. And you know my philosophy of I wanted to free up more time in my business. Why am I going to focus on getting more cold leads through knowing it's going to be hard to convert them because it's going to take me more time. Yes, I can do it. I've got really good sales background. I can speak to anyone and convert them and get them to pay that. But 
I'd be an idiot saying that's easy. It's hard. You're speaking to someone who doesn't know you, who has only just come into your world. In my case, has never seen me perform before. In your case, as a coach or service provider, never seen your products, never really heard about you. They don't know a damn about you. And now you're trying to pitch them a course. Like that's difficult. That's really, really hard to do. So I took the easier approach, put all of that aside. Yep, that can wait till a few years down the line. Whatever. I'll deal with that at a later point when it becomes relevant to me. And when I, when and if I want to dabble in that world, um, and I opted towards a more organic approach, which would actually lead me having more warm leads coming in. And I just do that through personal outreach, leveraging my existing network through organic social media marketing. Uh, a lot of the people on my Instagram, for example, have got a very, very hyper engaged audience there. Um, and as a byproduct, people are always, always messaging me. I'm always messaging with you, with them. Um, not you, because you're never going to book me, Aiden, because I'm too much money. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I wouldn't book me. And that's, a, it's another valid point as well. Um, you are not your client. Um, and, and that, that joke is actually a really valid point. Though. I just want to come back to my point in a second. You, you're not your client. If I, had my personal biases in the mix, I wouldn't be able to sell anything because my personal view on my price and my style of entertainment, I'm not a good entertainer and I'm too expensive. I would never book me. I wouldn't even book me if I was half my price, but I'm not my client. So I can forget that and I leave that at the door. All that matters is what my actual potential clients and what my actual clients think. Like you, your own views, yeah, cool, leave that aside, but you're not your client. So that's, that's actually a really um, crucial point to come back to, a uh, really good thing. But yeah, I, I focus a lot on leveraging my network, the people who already know me, who want to support me, those people who can put me in contact with those who are directly interested in what it is that I do. Um, my social media is optimized not to grow massively and become viral, but it's optimized to start conversations, to build rapport and get people chatting back and forth. And now people understand me. They know what I do. They're in my world. They feel like they know me, that it almost feels like they're a friend. So when they inquire, it's so much more easier to sell to them and take them along the sales process because they're already coming in warm. They know me. They understand what I do. They feel like they know me personally, which is a key point here because I've always got this great saying that people... People buy from friends and people love buying from friends because they trust their friends. And if you can adopt that mentality and almost make someone your friend, it becomes a lot more easier to sell to them because there's an element of trust there in a sale. Um, so as a byproduct, when they come to me, they already feel like they know me. So when I hop on a sales call or a discovery call, now I'm literally just chatting with someone as I would a friend. The rapport's already there. I just focus on that. And obviously, uh, there's things that we're touching on in a minute, like actually explaining the true value behind the product. Because if I was there, like, haha, I just do magic tricks. Haha, I just read minds. They don't give a damn about that. They give a damn about what I actually do as a byproduct of that. And when I can communicate that to people, now it becomes very easy to say, yeah, I appreciate it. I'm 10 times more than any other magician in the area. But it's because I don't, the magic tricks, yeah, we can put that aside. What I'm really here for is XYZ. Ah, oh, I get it now. Yes, we need you. That makes more sense than booking Dave who, who charges 250 quid. We don't need someone to just do magic. We need someone to do X, Y, Z. I'm still doing the same thing, but I'm just positioning it differently and I'm just making them aware over what it is that I do as a byproduct of the thing that I'm doing. Which is great. And it's particularly handy to see that 
the the angle taken when it comes down to the actual marketing element is to focus on the people, focus on the relationships that you're actually yeah. building because that shortcuts that whole angle. You don't have to look amazing online. You don't have to have a website and a million and one ads with SEO and blah, 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 blah and rank on Google to, to get a client in this case because the clients are coming organically through your people. And I, and I want to make it also clear because I know a lot of people that listen to this are like social media managers, social media coaches and uh, who say things like you should be posting on your feed every single day but most of this engagement and stuff it's worth pointing out it's coming from your stories you're you're active on stories every day yeah not so much in your posts right so i and again people will probably shoot me down there's more i could do on social media there's definitely more there's always more than we can do, we could do um but yeah i rarely post stuff on my feed um everything i do is on my story so it's heavily optimized like I flipping hate social media. I say to my friends, I don't like it. But then I'm taking like a boomerang of a hot chocolate. Then I'm taking a boomerang of me and a sheep in a field. I'm really tactical about that. I'm not doing that to show off what I'm up to in my day. I'm doing it because if I was do that, I would just have an Instagram set up for friends. I don't. It's optimized for my entertainment business. I'm doing that as a way of just like letting people into my life. I get people responding to pictures of flipping tomato saying, when are you next performing? I get people responding to... I posted a hot chocolate picture the other day, but because my audience is hyper-engaged, someone responded to that and went, oh my gosh, where is that hot chocolate? I need to go. You always go out to really nice places. I need to know these places. Now I've got a conversation started. Like, because I've got a hyper-engaged audience, they respond to stuff like that. And I think it's because, like, if I was to just post stuff on my social media to just socially proof my entertainment services to show i was performing as an entertainer to post some magic tricks yes that's cool but is that what people are really interested in no um i was having a conversation uh, the other day actually to put this out of perspective to give you a, a nice little weird uh, example i was having a conversation with uh, a lady about jls um and aston from jls you're not interested in JLS really because of the music, um, and this goes for any band. You're interested in the people and their lives and the individuals, and that's the same for me. And that's the same for you as your coaching business or your service business. People are interested in the actual individual. The stories that I post of just like the stuff I do in my day when I'm out and about, that gets way much more engagement than I'm performing today. Here's a cool little magic trick because people are interested in me and as an individual, and they feel like they're getting to know me. And as a byproduct, when they reach out and message me, they've already seen what I'm up to. They've bought into my life. They understand my life. They're never going to see every post, but they've seen a fair few. And again, it just makes the conversation easier. They feel like they know me. And I've just got to build that rapport with them. I'm halfway home already. Um, so yeah, I literally just rely off Instagram stories, tactical um, little polls to generate leads, um, which is scattered through and I just literally post insights into my life um, and that goes an absolute mile. <laughs> I expect everyone was like, oh, what secret thing are you going to be sharing? I posted a picture of a hot chocolate the other day and it started a conversation which I'm now steering towards uh, making some money and getting a client. <laughs> there you go. That, that is the secret. That's the secret, which is great. But I want to I jump into this because if you take nothing else, like that in and of itself is a masterclass in lead gen, like, just show yeah. up, be yourself on the story, start the conversations, engage with some people, 
you and don't drink more have hot chocolate. To, and drink more hot chocolate. You don't have to be posting on Instagram every single day to get clients. If you want to post on Instagram every day, then fine. But it's not uh, not a necessity. Now we want to. Uh, I, I really want to touch on this whole concept of, of of sales because you you mentioned it a couple of times earlier. The way we need to sell ourselves has to change when we're increasing our prices. The deliverable might not be any different. You might still be doing the same four card tricks that you were beforehand, for example. You might still be, for the coaching world, you might still be delivering the same level of transformation, actually what it is you're doing for your clients. But the thing that's changed is the way you're actually selling that essential product, What the way you're actually selling it. Can you talk uh, a little bit more about the, the transformations element of, of sales? And perhaps if you can, give a few examples from... Uh, from your entertainment business I'm going to say two examples of what I pitched to a client the other day so a charity a charity fundraiser um, that I'm doing uh, I'm going to give you two I'm going to pitch the same thing two different ways and Aiden you tell me what sounds more valuable first way I'm going to come to your event you've got all these high profile people there um, and it'll be really great that um, during the gaps as they're waiting for their food, um, not during the meal, because no one wants to be interrupted during the meal whilst, you know, they're eating because they're eating. But whilst they're waiting for the next meal, I'll keep everyone entertained. They can have a bit of fun and they can enjoy and love life. Give them something to do in that wait time. I'll do that with a few magic tricks. That's the first way I've pitched it. The second way of pitching the exact same thing. You've got this event. You're looking to raise about half a million pounds in donations. You've got some really wealthy business people in there. To get those donations out of people, you need to lower their guard. You need to get them having fun. You need to get them excited and actually invested in the event. You don't want people sat there passively. You want people actively engaged. What I do with my style of entertainment is I get people engaged. I get people showing up. I get them interacting with one another, with me, and with you, the event organizers. What I do between the wait time of the meal not during the meal because you don't want an idiot doing car tricks while someone's eating some nice uh, some nice grass and duck or whatever during the wait time i'll go around i do some interactive pieces it's kind of like problem solving i'll disappear afterwards everyone will be like oh my gosh how did ashley do that how did he read my mind how did he guess my pin number that starts a conversation they're more invested in the actual event they're showing up they're having fun and rather than just being passively watching this event they're now actively involved so when the time of donations comes around and you're asking for big ten thousand pounds of donations they've already taken that first step you don't need to get them involved again they're already there you just need to tip them over the line um, and it will be a lot easier to get to that half a million pound mark what sounds more useful to you oh by far the second option yeah by so far. when i say and for that it's only £5,000. You suddenly think, oh, well, this is going to hit me, help me hit my half a million pound charity fundraiser target. It doesn't seem a lot that, uh, that you're charging £5,000 in that aspect. But it's because I'm not selling the thing that I'm doing. If I'm selling some stupid little magic tricks, I'm going to get a tiny little fee. But if I'm actually explaining the tangible benefit of what i actually do what it means for them and what what why they should care like why it's useful 
then they understand it. Like, I'm just trying to say, this is what I can do. Here's what it is. Do you understand? Wow, yes, I get that. This is what I want. Like, you just got to paint the picture. Don't describe the thing that you're doing, the thing that you're offering. Describe the bite product, like the actual outcome of that thing. And that's the thing that you should be selling. Like, in my case, I'm not selling card tricks. I'm selling them hitting their half a million pound charity target. Like, I'm selling that idea. Um, But in, like, the course world... Like you're not selling the five step organic marketing strategy. You're you're selling like the end result. What does it actually mean after that? Like, what does it mean in their life personally? Because that's way more valuable than some tiny little secrets. Exactly. That it's that whole concept of taking the actual feature, the thing that you do, the thing that you deliver, and really getting to the heart of what's in it for the client. Like what is actually in it for them? And in fact, we follow inside one of our coaching programs, Momentum. We follow the process that that we basically help clients go through each of the features of their act uh, and, and what they're actually the package entails. We go through all the features, work out what's the actual advantage of that, and then what does that actually mean bigger picture? So that we end up with this statement that feels very generic when you read them over and over again, but it's really clear to see that I do this so that this, which means that this, I do card tricks between meal courses so that your guests are already engaged and having conversation, which means that they're already in a positive mood, ready for the start of the donations. Like, again, you can go much, much deeper with this, but just to follow the continuity on that example there, Mm -hmm. you can see how... We've gone so much further than I'm going to do some card tricks in the wait time so that guests don't get bored to something so much greater than the sum of its parts. It makes your sales effortless. Like it really does, because at the end of the day, you don't have to hard sell like you need this. This is why you need it. You don't think that's relevant. Why? Mm, Well, I think it's ah, screw that. Just cut straight to the point because no one is just going to disagree with you. Like in my case, this is going to help you hit your hit your charity fundraising target. How can they disagree with that? I've painted it so clearly. The only answer is yes, that will help me. Now they're following the path of the yes, agreeing that I am a valuable option for them to help that. Like when you start to paint that picture, they start to go, yes, that makes sense. Yes, I need that. Yes, that can help me. So when you drop the fee, it's like, well, yes, I need it. Because it helps with X, Y, Z. It helps with everything that I need. This is the only option for me. And this is what I need to personally help where I am and what I'm trying to do. This is great. And it's the same, it works very similar with coaches. In fact, I would argue it works the same for coaches. In fact, I would probably even argue that it works better for coaches, uh, just given the yeah, nature of the industry. because you're selling something more valuable. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is that. Um, but you've got this concept that like, if you are a business coach, by some mean, like, by some mean you can tie your deliverables to an outcome. For example, you're going to help people get 10k months or 20k clients or whatever the case may be. Like your result is so clear. But for for things like entertainment, it's not always as clear as that. Sometimes we have to really leverage like the sort more more emotionable and the more intangible transformations, but they're not like any less valuable. For example, you could not put a price on a, the world's best wedding day because that's just not the way it works. But if you can create this whole element of this whole transformation that, again, in the very same way, paints the picture to create the the dream, the big outcome, well, then you effectively become priceless. And so asking for 
a hefty a hefty fee when they're already of the mindset the client already understands that you are going to be able to deliver you're in this beautiful position because at the end of the day the the goal of great uh, and this is we say this all the time when it comes down to any form of copywriting or copy marketing the goal of great uh, the goal of great writing is for the reader to understand and the goal of great copy is for the reader to feel understood and we're taking that concept and putting it in our sales so that the actual client they understand the event you there is that connection there which is particularly beautiful can i drum in how easy like when i say effortless i mean it uh the example about the charity fundraiser is a real example from an event that i'm doing they booked me before i quoted the fee they literally said to me there and then we want uh your promo we want your bio we're going to put it in the brochure after this i hadn't even they'd committed didn't matter what i say they committed like there and then they were sold just like bank we're going to have you whatever it is we're going to pay it what a beautiful position to be in it's because they can't imagine their life or their event running any other way without you because you've made it clear Exactly. And that's the beautiful thing. If you can paint the vivid detail around their dream, and most clients can't do this, they can't picture their perfect wedding day or their perfect event or their perfect transformation, their perfect business, their perfect career path, their perfect whatever the case may be. If you can help them not only clarify it, but if you clarify it in the middle of your sales process as well, you then become the ultimate no-brainer for that client's dreams, not the coach, not the, the person they want to work with. You become the no-brainer for their dream. And when you're a no-brainer for somebody's dream, the price no longer matters. The price is just the bit of admin that goes on the paperwork. And that's that. And I think this is a, a really beautiful episode. I think we've covered a lot, a lot of ground. We've covered a lot from, from the marketing to the sales to the lead gen to the actual impact of pricing and how we can raise our rates lift it all up and and improve our overall business but actually two things before we go first of all do you have a message for the people in the coaching world the coaches the service providers out there at all is there a message any big takeaway that you've learned from your business that you'd like to share with the people on mass yeah don't overcomplicate it just keep it stupidly simple the moment you overcomplicate something the moment all the problems come like whether you're focusing on sales or marketing or just like the operations within the business, it's the simple stuff that works. When you're looking to generate leads, it's the simple stuff that works. When you're looking at closing deals, it's the simple stuff that works. Nothing I've said throughout this episode, landing high paying clients is hard. I've not gone, here's the secret five-step ad strategy and we're going to put in these certain keywords and eliminate these keywords and we're going to focus on this demographic of people with this psychographic and then after we've targeted them with this ad, we're then going to hit them with this special uh, automated webinar which is going to start in five minutes. And Like, that's what the... I'm literally just saying, I use my network and build relationships and I just have good chats with people and I'm landing higher clients. Keep it simple. You overcomplicate it, you overcomplicate your life, and then you end up caught in the hustle, and then that's a horrendous place to be. Get out of that. Keep it stupidly simple. Boom. Mic drop moment right there. And where can the people of the wonderful podcast come and actually find you? Where can people go? Uh, so 
I would say go over to my website, ashleygreenofficial.com. But as you've learned from this episode, my website's rubbish. So there's no point looking there. Um, come and find me on my social media. Just search Ashley Green Mind Reader. The handle for my social media, mainly active on Instagram, is at Green Mind Reader. That tag again, at Green Mind Reader. You can find me anywhere. Just search Ashley Green Mind Reader. Uh, and then come on, um, see all my hot chocolate stories, and then you'll be roped into booking me for an event. <laughs> classic <laughs> that's how we do it here awesome well Ashley thank you so much it's been a pleasure it's been a proper good chat hey it's Aiden here I hope you enjoyed this episode if you did it would really mean the world to us if you just took a moment to leave a rating and a review on your preferred podcast player that way it just helps us grow the show and get it into the ears of more listeners across the world in a non-creepy way also when you're ready to roll here are three ways that we can help you right now Number one is to join our free Facebook group. It's called the Magician's Business Group and we're creating the most valuable space on the internet for entertainers that are looking to grow and improve their business. We'd love you to join us inside. So to do that, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you straight there or just pull open Facebook and search for the Magician's Business Group. Number two is to take our new quiz. It'll help you find the biggest opportunity in your entertainment business right now. And in just a few quick questions, you'll be presented with a seven minute breakdown of your biggest opportunity and how you can actually go about tackling that to help increase your entertainment business and boost it completely. In order to take the quiz, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz, and we'll be able to get you your results. Number three, momentum. If you'd like to make an extra two grand a month in magic without paying a penny for advertising, we'd love to help you. Our latest coaching program, Momentum, is designed to get you booking gigs every single week for at least £500 so that you can be growing your entertainment business without having to worry about websites or business cards or advertising or any of that kind of stuff. To find out more, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum and we'll send you all of the details.